Hello, and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay. Yes. Like to ask you. Yes. How are you holding up? I'm doing pretty well right now, and I'm excited about this episode. How are you holding up? I am also doing pretty well, and I'm also excited for this episode, because last week uh, we didn't get to do an episode, because the world was on fire. Yes, if you don't know and you're not familiar with the area of California, (laughs) known as Southern California, um, (laughs) it's on fire a lot of the time, and so... (laughs) I was trapped in the mountains, no fire around me, but our uh, specific freeway that gets us down into the city Mm -hmm. was just surrounded and it was a no-go. Yeah, the idea of you having to literally travel six hours practically in order to get down here, uh, that was a no-go. So, we apologize for that, but hey, we're here. Yay, we're here. showed up. Yes, and we're trying to figure out, now that you've got internet, uh, we might be able to do uh, a new form of... Uh, recording in the yes. future, so we'll see how that works. But speaking of your move up there, yes, this week we're going to talk about not just solitude and kind of the peace that comes from that, but also just you've learned a lot from this move. Yeah, so it was only we've only well, it's been a couple weeks now, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I expected what ended up happening for my life once we moved. I knew that it was a good decision, but I wasn't 100% sure. Mm -hmm. And I thought that the move was going to be one of the worst things I'd ever done in terms of the actual physical moving because uh, we were so many hours apart from each other. And then our actual house that's up there, the driveway is super steep and scary. Mm -hmm. And then there's a billion stairs to climb to get up into the house. Yeah, it's like four to five stories to climb almost uh, without any sort of reprieve so i was lucky and fortunate enough to um first of all i'm not good at asking for help and i'm not good at trying to think other people want to help me that is not something that comes naturally to me Mm -hmm. and so this is one of the first times where i didn't just expect my closest and dearest to help i actually let people know that it was a big move that i was stressed about and a lot of people offered their help Mm -hmm. and then rather than being like oh thanks and not cashing that in i cashed it yeah <laughs> i made a giant group uh text which i'm not comfortable doing and was like okay i just want to over communicate what today is going to be like yes and so um i tried to let everyone know that they were welcome to help as much or as little as they could and that any kind of help was greatly appreciated um because the house that i was also moving from is also a two-story house so there was up and down there and furniture and then there was an hour and a half drive up and then getting a giant truck unloaded oh my god yeah that that truck that (laughs) took what three or four people to just get up your driveway (laughs) yeah we didn't know if it was going to actually end up working out my partner drove it bless his heart we were all terrified. I couldn't even watch. Um, but yeah, Chris was there, so he was able to sh- to see how it all went down. Yes. Um, so the sense of community I felt, because it's. I think at a certain point in your life, you start being surprised by the people who do show up and the people who don't show up for yes. when you need them. Every once in a while, something happens in your life, and you're like, I need help right now. Mm-hmm. And the friends that you have and family that you have that you have helped out don't offer. No, uh, it's kind of like you feel like you don't want to have to send up a flare. Yeah. You just be like, hey guys, I'm moving. 
Uh, <laughs> it, it should just kind of be like, hey guys, I'm moving. You want to help? Yeah. <laughs> and some people offered and then didn't show up during the day or even messaged me back when I was telling everybody mm-hmm. what was happening. But, you know, then it didn't actually even affect me because of the amount of people who came and were so positive. And it was just like this burst of energy in my life. And it was all supporting me. And I, by the end of the move, felt so lucky. And I don't know if I've ever just been in this deep, happy, oh, blessings from the doggy sneezes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I've ever felt so just lucky in my life. And I've had some really cool experiences. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed and been a part of some really famous circles of people and things that were like incredible, but Mm. I didn't feel this joy of happiness because this wasn't a fun thing. This wasn't something that you go and like, hey guys, I'm going to make everybody move four flights. It was like, you know, people just showed up to help. Yeah. Not because it was going to be any good thing for them. And I think also one of the big benefits from that whole experience was it put a lot of like really good, happy energy into your new home. So you already have like starting off, here's some really good memories to just kind of be like, oh, that was really fun. That was, I mean, it was grueling and hard. It was hard. But at the same time, it was a good time. It was a really good time. And I want to mention something that um, I don't know if you guys struggle with, but I have a really bad lower back. And that's embarrassing for me because mm-hmm. I'm young. And I feel like I've always been the stronger one in my family. And the last couple of years, I just haven't been able to do certain things or it really messes me up. And so for the first time, I made a very clear boundary. and I let everyone know. I have a bad back and everyone just was like, okay, then you're not going to be lifting the heavy things. And that's always been kind of the reverse. I've always made sure that my friends who have ouchies aren't doing anything and I will take care of everything. So this was the first time where I let people help and take care of me. And I think that was an important lesson for me to be like, I can ask and be vulnerable and people will respond. Yes. And that wasn't something I was expecting to learn. And they didn't respond in a negative way or a shunning way. Or Or like, wow, really? You're going to make us move all this way with you and you're not going to, you know, like Mm -hmm. there was nothing like that. No, there's no guilt involved. And that's really when you know that you've got some good people in your life. Yeah. And more importantly, when you realize that those little thoughts in your head telling you that, oh... I can't ask for help because then I'll be seen as weak or inferior or somehow flawed. That's full sh- that, That's full shit. <laughs> I also have this weird thing where I feel like people aren't going to believe me. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. We're like, I just feel like I can be honest, but you're still not going to believe or take seriously. I, it's kind of like an inverse imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, instead of being like, I've, I've become so successful, there's no way in hell I can keep this ruse up. It's, oh, people think I'm really good at this. Uh, or like I'm really healthy and I'm lying. Yeah, I'm really healthy yeah. and I'm just like dece- deceiving you all. They they they, yeah. they, re- they see the deception. Yeah, yeah. That was like, but no, I really have a bad back. <laughs> so um, that was kind of that was the move. It was I felt so lucky and and it was an unexpected day. So um, and then we all were able to eat together in my living room. And I've never had a home before, a house. I've always been sharing an apartment or sharing a house. This is the first time where I've moved into a place with my partner and a house we chose. Yes. And just having people around us who loved us and cared about us and like watching everybody interact at different ages. We had very little kids who were there mm-hmm. and uh, people who were in their mid 50s and people looking at the stars and just experiencing everything. And we had no internet. Yeah. 
And we had mm. very little cell reception. I think only a couple people had some cell reception. <laughs> I literally had to find a place in front of your guys' fridge in order yes. to get a single bar of signal. <laughs> well, thank goodness you did. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so. yeah, we, we didn't. And so it was interesting. And some of you might not have, um, maybe take it for granted because you live in an area where people aren't on their phones all the time. But everybody had to put their phones down. Yes. And talk to each other. Yep. And it ended up where we had a fire in the fireplace and people were giggling and talking and making up songs mm-hmm. and actually going outside. And one of our friends knows a lot about astronomy and astrology and was like talking about that kind of stuff. And it was just so we felt so connected. And I think at some point we should talk about um, technology and how it can take away from social yes. experiences. Um, but even I think having your phone out on a table while you're talking to a friend can be kind of negative and there's actually been studies on that so that's something we'll talk about later but having no phones out and just seeing each other looking at in each other's eyes and smiling and laughing and no one getting phone calls no one getting text messages was awesome it was really funny though because it was something that we pointed out while we were up there was just everybody occasionally would just pull out their phone yeah it was and weird. it was and it was that moment of like this horrible crutch that we've all given ourselves of just like well Things are slowing down a bit. Let's take a look. Oh, there's no signal still. Well, I yeah. guess this is pointless. <laughs> Put it back in my pocket. Put it back in there. It was interesting because my uncle, who uh, was raised up in Alaska, where they obviously had not only because of his age, but also because of where they were, there was no internet or technology or mm-hmm. shit out there. Um, he, he was like, guys, get off your phones. Because one of our friends even was organizing the apps on his phone. He was so used to having his phone on. And, you know, not everyone was super close. Mm -hmm. So sitting and just talking and looking at each other and letting conversation have its own lulls and then pick back up again naturally was like, it was really funny. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of a weird wake up experience, (laughs) but now you've also been without internet for more than just the one moving day. Right. So we were supposed to have internet when we moved in. Uh, I I drove up the day before we were supposed to move in. The internet people were supposed to show up. They didn't. Um, The issue is I also don't have phone reception up there. And just for emergencies and stuff, I would like to have some way to contact the world. Yeah. Um, And so we actually did get a landline and everything, but they didn't show. And so then we've made, we made two more appointments. They didn't show to either of those. And at one point there was even fires and stuff happening in, um, in, Areas that were, I mean, outside of us, but it was still very dry. We had 4% humidity. I was nervous. There were winds. We were in danger, uh, high alert. Mm-hmm. Um, but something kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but not having even the ability to look at something on YouTube or whatever, it was suddenly like I was just so much more present and I stopped getting so fuzzy brained. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would just, my days became a natural, you know, I'd go, I'd do a couple chores, I'd unpack a couple boxes, I'd go out to the front porch and I'd watch the animals and start feeding the birds. And I just started getting a calmer sense within me. And, um, something my partner actually said to me at one point was you can't heal in, um, the situation that hurt you in the first place, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think getting out of any kind of living space where maybe there was some stuff that was unhealed or things that won't change yeah. and creating my own space and having my own quiet, safe and completely safe where no one's going to emotionally harm me, even un- even without meaning to. Yes, you know? absolutely. And there was nothing I could see online or anything. I became much more focused 
and uh, more aware of just the world around me. And I think being surrounded by nature, natural beauty is so important. And I think that's why they say, you know, when you're going through depression or any kind of mental um, health issue, they stay to get out in nature. Yeah. I actually have had moments just recently where I've, uh, I've, I've kind of gone outside and I was just like, damn, I spend like 90% of my time just indoors. And I don't know if humans were meant to spend so much time inside the house. The cave. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like if you think about it, I think it's pretty unnatural for us to be inside sitting down watching TV or on our computers or on our phones. Like mm-hmm. you're either in your car or you're in your house or you're in your work. Yeah. Most people, I would say in the city anyway, don't work outside. No, I would I would agree with that. And so really having a life shift. For me, I've grown up in the city. In the summers, I'd go out to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just felt like we, ha- we talked about it in the home episode, just coming home. Yeah. And something probably the biggest, uh, I don't know, lesson so far I've learned was maybe how much for granted I took everyone in my life in terms of connectedness. Like, you can just text or call or email anyone at any time mm-hmm. when you have really good cell reception or any kind of connected. If you are completely disconnected, every time you make an effort to connect to somebody or um, also just how far I've moved, like, it means so much more to me if someone drives up to see me. Mm-hmm. And if I call somebody and we just sit and have a phone conversation with somebody. I mean, it's like... It's really powerful, I think, in a way, even though that's a blessing to have so much connectedness. Sure. It's also you just forget how special people are to you on the daily when you're suddenly without them. Yeah. It's, it's man, it's wild to even think about because, I mean, I am already so well aware of how, like, stuck I am to having that accessibility. Yeah. Like, it drives me slightly crazy to be without my phone for a minute. Really? <laughs> like, like if I left the house without my phone, I would have anxiety. But that's basically what you went through for, like, a week and plus change, because yeah. your phone didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, it was great. I listened to audiobooks. Yeah. I've Fucked around with the house. I unpacked um, a bunch of sh- yeah, unpacked a bunch of shit. Uh, spent time with my dog. Started getting to know the wildlife. I watched a deer run through my yard, and I cried after because I got sentimental. <laughs> I was gonna say, how did how did Mojo take to be up there? He, oh, Mojo's been great. My dog has. Um, I think he likes. I think animals feed off of the energy you send out, and mm. I've been kind of stressed. And I think also just being, you don't realize how close and on top of everybody, everything is when you're in the city until you leave. Yeah. Um, and being up there, there's nobody really around. We don't have neighbors right next to us. We have neighbors, but they're, you know, a distance. Yeah. And so he's just, he seems to be peaceful. It's funny to l- watch him react to the sounds that are up there because there's different <laughs> birds, mm-hmm. you know, the weird fucking noises they make. We also have woodpeckers that like to come and poke at the house. And so he'll like, freak out i think i've also learned that he's afraid of heights because oh, he doesn't no. love going out on the deck oh, no. <laughs> he'll come out and sit next to me for a little bit and then he goes back inside <laughs> um but overall i think um one of the reasons we decided to move out there was because we wanted to try something completely different and a different lifestyle and i was keeping in mind my mental health and so mm-hmm. far it has been a fantastic learning experience and 
every once in a while, I think in life, you need to quiet down and disconnect. Yeah. That sounds phenomenal, frankly. Yeah. Uh, one day I'll be able to manage that on my own. I think I, I wouldn't, I won't be, I wouldn't be able to, because then we got internet and I've been online and stuff and I've noticed sure. that I have less focus because I'm always thinking in the back of my head, oh, I could look up this or, oh, I can message this person or, oh, I should go check this. Mm-hmm. But when that's just cut off and there's nothing you can do and you're like, well, everyone knows they can't get a hold of me. So I guess I'll read a fucking book. <laughs> I'll take the time to actually do something nice for me. Yeah. But anyway, so it's, I think, take take a moment, look at your life, see if it's what you want, and maybe making a huge change would be healing and helpful. Even a little change. That sounds perfect. And that'll be something that I'll be looking into at some point. <laughs> anyway, guys, I hope that you're all doing well. And... Um... We know this is kind of a shorter episode, but we got... A lot going on still this week, so we're we're just really we're gonna get this one out. We're gonna figure out our recording situation for the future. I'm gonna be gone at the last week of October, so we're gonna have to we'll figure out figure something out there. And then immediately after, I'm doing a charity marathon for uh, Extra Life. And I uh, believe I was your last donator. Yes, I think you might have been. And I believe uh, you made it. I think we have hit our $1,000 goal, so uh, I am going to put a link in the show notes if you are at all interested in supporting us. We are going to be live streaming for 25 hours straight. And what is the reason for it? Uh, it is for Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Yes. We are. We last year raised about $4,000. Over the last seven years we've been doing this, my, uh, my partner and I have been uh, basically killing ourselves uh but we've raised ten thousand dollars at least like total over seven years that's awesome which is wild uh considering we don't have any twitch presence other than this (laughs) yearly event (laughs) just friends and word of mouth i think yeah i think we've been very fortunate in that so so what do you guys so just like to tell the audience a little bit what do you guys do so we play uh any and all video games. We have a whole setup where we are probably going to do some VR games this year. And it's really fun to watch them stream and watch them go slowly crazier and crazier as the sleep deprivation. <laughs> by like two by I, I have a tradition every year at one in the morning I play a, vi- a video game called Ronald McDonald's Treasureland Adventure. <laughs> Uh, for the Sega Genesis, and that game is a fever dream. If you've never witnessed it, tune in at 1 a.m. on November 2nd. Actually, it'll be 1 a.m. November 3rd, technically, Uh, and the link will be in the show notes. What's what's our time? Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, Yeah, Pacific. Yeah, so it'll it'll be a wild one. But either way, thank you all for listening. Uh, as for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. Like the Facebook page. Subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us directly, visit our Patreon. Uh, or if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. You guys are awesome. We're really grateful for you guys. And, and as, as always, always, don't tell, tell us to just get over it. it.